Well, the last person to leave San Francisco, please turn out the lights. Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Odd, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Folks, yet another report in the ongoing saga of the death of one of my favorite cities, maybe the most beautiful city in the world, that city by the bay, San Francisco. A local uh, ABC affiliate there, uh, ABC7, just did a report that residents are complaining that there's nothing to do, which is one of the reasons you live in a city is there's all that stuff to do. But between the rising crime, thanks to their uh, communist DA and other factors, uh, thanks to the COVID restrictions and people working from home and not wanting to go back to the office, the financial district, one of the jewels of American real estate is dark. Scott, I know I told you this on the uh, backstage show, which is just for our, our BillWhittle.com members, but You might be shocked twice to hear that uh, the occupancy rate in downtown San Francisco for office space is 10%. 90% of the offices have nobody in them. Just a year and a half ago, San Francisco had the highest occupancy rate of any downtown area in the entire nation. this Scott, this one just makes me sad. So maybe give me some comfort here. You uh, generally have the positive point of view. Is there is there a, a comeback from from a is there a turnaround from from a depth so deep? Yeah, I mean, there is a turnaround, but it doesn't help San Francisco in the immediate future. Um, mm. There is a, there's going to be a, a long state of decay in that city until they come to the point where they wake up and say, "Hey, wait a minute." The world has fundamentally changed. We were part of causing that fundamental change, and we can't keep doing things the way we were doing them. So a lot of those people who used to occupy offices are more than happy to stay home in their suburban dwellings with their uh, nicer offices without somebody peeking over the cubicle wall to interfere with their work. And they're they're much happier to move to the mountains of Colorado and continue to carry on the same business they were doing from their office tower in downtown San Francisco. Um, They would rather enjoy the pleasures even of living in California without having to deal with the difficulties of of living in San Francisco. So it's it's a really tragic state of affairs. And the, the hardest hit in this is not the financial firms. The financial firms will be fine. Most of their employees will be fine. Um, the hardest hit are uh, the companies that own real estate in downtown San Francisco, the poor, and the government unions. And uh, these city states that we call the uh, that that these democratic run cities have this whole infrastructure of uh, government union employees who are completely reliant, um, as are the people who are on the public dole, who are part of the welfare state in that city, are completely reliant upon those fat cat capitalist pigs who come in and live in those high office towers typically and conduct their business and trade, you know, whatever it is they do, electrons, uh, you know, across the internet (laughs) internationally. And so if you don't have that, uh, it's been said many times before, socialism, and communism are utterly dependent upon a thriving free market capitalist uh, superstructure. And if you lose that, and if the people move out, and all of a sudden those those tax dollars are are vanishing from the inner city core, um, then that whole social uh, safety net collapses, as well as the ability to support um, the overemployment of government union workers. 
uh, Bill, you're you're in Los Angeles, uh, which I don't think is suffering quite as badly as San Francisco is. But you're very familiar with something that I call the California lifestyle tax. It's the it's the higher taxes. It's the higher cost of living, the things that people are willing to pay in order to live in this beautiful state with this gorgeous, perfect Mediterranean climate. And uh, California was always one of the most fun places to live. But now that the fun is drying up, people are voting with their feet and leaving San Francisco, or at least trying to. I want to share this story. This is from the same ABC7 report. There's a young newlywed couple, and I forgot to, to jot down their names here. But they were looking to get out of the city and somewhere else in the Bay Area. And they fell in love with this little home. But it turns out they couldn't afford to buy it because it sold for $400,000. That's $400,000 over the initial asking price. There were 85 mm. other families trying to buy this one home in Alameda. Um, you know, usually in a situation like this, when people are fleeing one place, it's good for the other places. But this isn't going to be so good for the rest of the Bay Area, is it? Well, these uh, I, I feel sorry for this young couple because, well, I feel sorry for whoever bought the house because they seem to think that they can escape from this uh, black hole of failure, but they won't. Uh, if the if the city tax revenues fall, as Scott said, then they'll start reaching out further and further into the suburbs, start taxing people to pay for San Francisco, even though they don't live in San Francisco anymore. <laughs> and if it turns out that the city doesn't have the power to do it, then California will raise taxes, and or they'll borrow it from the federal government and the in the invisible money tree and 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 all the rest of it. You know, I think it'd be there was a reality TV show wasn't there once where it's like, you know, they'd swap moms or something like that. They, 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 you know, they like a conservative mom go to a liberal family and, and you could make some money on a show where you basically had two sets of homeowners, one in California and one anywhere else in the country, basically. And they and they both get to see each other's houses. And then the big reveal is what they cost. And then and then the people coming from America would go to San Francisco and they'd say, this is a cute little cottage. Is this a guest room for somebody? <laughs> No, this costs two and a half million dollars. <laughs> yeah. What? And Mother then they get to go me. to their place in Charlotte or, or or in Georgia or something, and they see Tara, you know, with the forty <laughs> acres and a pond and and the columns and everything, and it's like, my God, how do you afford this? This is a uh, rent here is like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars a month. <laughs> what? COVID has accelerated something that is that is that is going on. Technology is the end of cities. And as we get deeper into the information age, we keep forgetting we live on this cusp of a major, major tectonic shift. We've all grown up with it. It's the transition from an industrial era world where you need cities because cities need factories. Factories need things close together. They need a large body of workers. America started out as an agrarian agricultural country. And then when cities started to happen because of the industrial revolution, all of these policies like prohibition and the income tax and, and all of this intrusion happened. And when cities go away and they're going away, then eventually these things will evaporate as well because the Democratic Party as it exists today is built on the welfare state that is necessary to have large numbers of people in cities vote Democrat. And if those numbers disperse out of there, and as Scott pointed out on our backstage show, some of these people get a chance to talk to actual Americans or real people, 
then all of a sudden uh, the voting patterns are going to change and they're going to be done. I'll just leave you with a very quick thought. I'm working on a science fiction project and I had to try to figure out what Los Angeles might look like 100 years from now, 150 years from now, hmm. from up at the top of the hill there where the Hollywood sign is. And I tried to figure it out and I realized that the lazy answer is you'd have these kind of gleaming skyscrapers and stuff and then you'd have kind of like suburbs around it. And I realized, no, no, actually, no, no. At nighttime, 150 years from now, Los Angeles is going to look like a ring. It's going to be a ring of light. And the closer to the middle you get, the darker it gets until finally you get to downtown when you see these 80-story skyscrapers. And all you can see are the individual lights of the fires that are burning inside the floor of each one of these office buildings that have been taken over by squatters. No electricity there. There's no law there. Just fires burning in the in the windows of, of a number of skyscrapers. And, and as you get further and further away, life gets a little more liberal, livable. And this <laughs> is how liberal. things are happening. Yeah. This is how things are happening. The, America is dying from the cities inside and dying outward. And and it couldn't happen to uh, to a country at a, at a nicer time. It's going to be it's going to be the salvation of us all. But it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I always thought that in the future, every city would look like the city in the greatest movie of all time. And I'm talking, of course, about Logan's run. All I want to right. do is ride around in a in a pod in a tube from section to section of that glorious domed city. Uh, yeah, spandex jackets for everyone. All right, uh, you know I used to live in San Francisco. I, I really did love that city once upon a time. And I worked in the financial district and it is beautiful. I worked in a building. It was called Shackley Terrace at the time, but I think it's been sold and it's been renamed to something, one building, right? whatever, I don't know. But it's this beautiful, you know, shiny stainless steel and glass skyscraper, exactly the kind of thing you'd see in Logan's Run or in Bill's first vision for Los Angeles 2050 or whatever. And I just, I loved working in that building. There's just one problem. You'd step off the bus in the morning and here you are in some of the, the most expensive, fanciest real estate on the entire planet. And you'd step off the bus right in front of that gleaming skyscraper and you would practically be smacked in the face with the stench of human urine. And that was back in the early mid nineties. That was 93, 94. And I could see the writing on the wall back then. I got out very quickly. I loved it, but I only spent two years there. And I just, I had to wonder if the city won't even take care, even with all of that tax revenue, if they won't or can't or refuse to take care of the crown jewel of this beautiful city, how much longer will it be until people have said enough? Well, I guess we got our answer, don't we? That's your right angle on that. Brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. For Bill and Scott, I'm Steve Green. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. 